Welcome to Coffee and Change. I'm Bill Kirst. As a business professional, a U.S. veteran, a lifelong learner, and an active listener, I help others navigate, understand, and adapt to our ever-changing workplace and world. As a third culture kid, I call many places home. Presently, Seattle is where I explore my creativity through the power of words and images. In this podcast, we journey with our guests, gaining knowledge and inspiration from their stories. One of my favorite sayings is, words make worlds. And as a writer, I believe that with all my heart. I also believe that the words put to music can bring those worlds to life. And mine is a life that has benefited directly from the blend of music and lyrics. I still fondly remember the sensation and elation of holding a vinyl album cover in my hands, or unfolding the booklet from a cassette tape, or flipping through the insert of a new compact disc. Those were all such tactile experiences that shaped me. And while music and technology have evolved and changed, the sensations we get from interacting with it remains true, timeless even. To kick off my On the Road series, I got an opportunity to sit down with my next two guests, Matt Schimmelfenig and Augusta Koch, who together make up the band Gladdy. They invited me to the Pocono Mountains to see the studio they built themselves and record this episode together, live and in person. It was an incredible and memorable experience. The best way I can describe it was like jumping into the pages of the cassette booklet or CD insert and watching all the magic of music making come to life around me. Sitting there in this beautifully curated space where creativity comes to life Suddenly, I was 15 again, daydreaming about being a songwriter and making my own music. I want to thank my guests for that gift, this reunion, and for sharing their story with us. Enjoy the discussion with Matt and Augusta, the band Gladdy. Creaky chair. Oh, it's all I'll good. It's I'll part of the, it's it's part of the yeah. uh, soundtrack. You know, Are you in, in a room. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we're all good. Yeah, <laughs> awesome. Um, we're all set, right? It's all recording, doing all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Keep okay. an eye if you ever see anything pop up yeah. on the screen there. Yeah, give me a heads Got up. Got it. Because then that good. means it's not recording. I'll keep, an, I'll keep an eye on. Yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll check back. But um, well, first of all, I just want to th- say thank you to both of you for the opportunity to record like this. This is yeah, really uh, an awesome. It's taking it to the whole next level. One of the things that, that we were talking about was this aspect of after being in a pandemic for so long, um, first of all, it's good to travel and see family. Mm. So it's great to see you both. Um, but the other part, which is really interesting is sort of taking this on the road. Yeah, totally. We're doing this, we're doing, the, we're doing a couple episodes here um, on the road in Pennsylvania. Um, and so where we're sitting today, um, I would love to kind of just start off. We're in this incredible space. <laughs> Thank you. Um, and uh, if you can describe it to the best of, to the best of kind of your curating uh, knowledge about how it came together. We're in a studio in wow. uh, the Poconos. Um, but yeah, Matt, you were the designer <laughs> and well, curator we, we of this space. Well, we designed together. I would I say it's, together. A, it's a team effort, you yes. know. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, what, like four years ago or so? Four five or years five, ago? Five years ago. Yeah, we um, decided, you know, there's this, this unused space up here in this, you know, kind of beautiful, like, little bit of a, a getaway location, you know, kind of out rural a little bit. And, um, you know, we were like, this would be perfect for a studio. It needs, it and needs to all, practice. Yeah, and practice, like, you know, for our own use and for, like, you know, to share with friends and stuff and... Um, you know, definitely needed some adjustments to make it that, but like, it's been kind of nice because it's just been ever since we decided that I feel like it's been like, just like an ongoing, like project almost like, like I had my one friend up here describe it as like, uh, he's like, you know, every time I come up here, something's a little different. It's like, it's like a space, but it's also kind of like a, you know, ongoing art project that's just like always changing Mm -hmm. and like things are like adding like. Even like Gus, like how you've painted the walls now, yeah. like everything's just like you know, which I think is really cool. I think it adds to the like, and more thrifted lamps that we find. I mean, I can't pass up a good, a yeah. good lamp yeah. when I see one. Looking at the Tiffany kind of lamps, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, absolutely. Um, just little things we can collect to put in here oh, yeah. and curate like a cozy um, space for being creative. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's like a living. I love that living art. It's kind of a living yeah. art project. Just you know, just oh, yourself. I just feel like you know, just adding stuff and just kind of letting it evolve because I mean it's been around forever so I guess even more backstory this is where Augusta grew up yeah yeah um it's I don't know it was that place where all the neighborhood kids would play really um, and we would pretend we were Spice Girls there was always there was always stuff going on in here and then in high school I would have like punk shows yeah um or it would be I would host art nights where we would hang out in here and like if you see there's like some footprints when you did the floors I think we left some of them there's some yeah behind the amps where we one night a bunch of us like just started painting everything and and tracked around footprints of of paint and we and they're still there. Um, a so little yeah, bit of history. Yeah, yeah, it's always been a creative space. Yeah, creative and just you know evolving a, and kind of, of a place for play. Yeah. yeah, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Which is great. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, which I think is like perfect because it's it's I mean. You play music in here, you create music in here, you mm. mix music in here. Um, would love to hear a little bit about kind of your backstories. Obviously, the two of you, keep me honest here, the two of you are in a band called Gladdy. Yes. But you've also performed individually, been in previous bands as well. So, uh, Matt, I want to start with you and then I guess sure. tell a little bit about kind of your musical history. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I've been, I've been playing in bands for a while, you know, uh, ever since, you know, 15, I think was around. I started my first band and, um, and then I'd say like, you know, maybe a few years later is when I kind of, I got into the recording sides of music too, just cause like I was kind of like, I liked the idea of having that like control over the, that side of making music and like the, I liked playing live, but I also was finding like, oh, I really like just like what the possibilities are of working with like recording music because it, it totally expands what you can do versus only playing live. So I feel like kind of discovering that um, led me to get more into recording. So that was kind of then existing like side by side with playing in bands still, but then also being in recording, which is great because then if you play in bands, you have bands you can record. So it's just like right. keeps going and going. Um, <clears throat> and then while this was happening, um, after I graduated from school, I started working at uh, a recording studio in Philly called Minor Street, which is a really awesome, great studio um, in like the Fishtown neighborhood. Mm-hmm. 
And um, so I was I was working there for a few years pretty regularly and like kind of like, um, you know, developing a lot of skills. Like I definitely feel like once I started there, it was like a big wake up call of like, oh, wow, okay, I've been doing so many things wrong, but cool, now I know, like, it's great. Right. You know, it's like, you know, it's having, a, like, the guy, Brian McTeer, who owns it, he's, like, a great teacher, he's, you know. Um, so after doing that for a while, um, that's when Gus and I decided to start um, the space up here for recording, and because it was around that time when we started playing together in a band called Gladdy, um, that we were like, okay, let's let's start this studio that way we can use it, and also like it's another space for um, you know our friends that are like we have. I feel like we have friends that are like you know they're very passionate about music and mm-hmm. they want to make music and like there is unfortunately sometimes like a you know there there's like financial barriers sometimes to making music and there's sometimes yeah. that you know then that I think that like. It's it's always a fine line to be walking because like obviously like people need to make a living and you need to you know, but also I feel like that shouldn't be a preventative barrier for people to be able to create music that they want to create. So it's like trying to like make a space where like you can kind of like have try to find the happy medium between those two things. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean that's and then that's kind of leads us to today. So yeah, yeah, I mean we've been recording here for the past like I said before, I think four four, five four years, years. Four or yeah. five years, yeah. Yeah. And what about you, Augusta? Like your Aww. your journey to kind of get you were in a band as well. Yeah. Um, I know you were uh, featured on NPR. I remember I sent mm-hmm. that to, yeah. around to a lot of people as Aww. well. Thank um you. but yeah I would love to hear a little bit about well, your I journey. Started my music journey started a little bit later in life where I was always just a huge fan and mm-hmm. more of like an observer and like picking up but I always really wanted to be a musician, um, but I never honestly really gave myself a chance. And then in my early 20s, I met my old bandmates, and we just jumped right in. And that's kind of where when Matt and I had been friends for a few years before, but Matt was one of the first people that was like, I want, I want to record you guys. Yeah. And I think it was your first record at Minor Street. Right. Yeah, pretty much. Like that you. So it was my first recording experience, and I was so lucky to be in a beautiful studio. That like we walked. It's all windows and and gorgeous, and had a lot of history of like really cool records that were made there. And and I liked Matt, (laughs) so that was a little bonus. Okay. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so we kind of transitioned like this first your first record and our first record and then always worked together so well and really collaborated. Like Matt helped so much cause we didn't, at that time we were so new, we didn't know what we were doing. I hadn't, Matt had been in a band since high school and this was my first experience. So really helped a lot. And then you were able to, co- Matt came on some tours uh, with that band and did sound and mm-hmm. um, yeah. And then we developed, aside from our relationship, we realized we were very good at, being collaborators Mm -hmm. um and still have like it's almost like a separate relationship that we have i think yeah because i can be really cranky when i'm um defeated about writing songs and matt knows how to calm me down yeah um but yeah and then then we started 
using this space as just a place where we could practice. Because even in Philly, like when you're playing music, you're so conscious of like, at least for me, I'd be like, I don't want to disrupt the neighbors or mm. can this neighbor hear me singing weird songs while they're coming out? Because I tend to write lyrics while I'm strumming, like sure. kind of in more of a freestyle way. And it's yeah. really bad sometimes. <laughs> so it's nice to have a space for me at least to be calm and be like, no one can hear me. Yes. Um, and I feel like my songs feel better now. Um, and yeah, and that's kind of where we are now. And then we've spent this whole year up here. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, personally, I feel like we've wrote, written some of our best music. A bunch of so, time. Yeah. 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 That's, that's actually where, where I'd love to jump to that. I mean, there's been such an interesting unfolding is kind of what mm-hmm. I would call it from the sense of creative um, access for people, I think during the pandemic and you know, there's, there's, we've, we've heard about the stories of albums and art and stuff being created during this time of isolation and this time of solitude. Um, I would love to just hear your thoughts. I mean, you, you two just said like you're making some great music, you're writing some great, great, great work together. You've been up here um, in isolation um, during the whole pandemic. Things are starting to shift. People are starting to come out of that. So mm-hmm. reflecting back on this past year for you both, um, how has it been? in that sense of creation, obviously it feels different than being in a city for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, has there been stuff that's come up for you that has surprised you? Has there been stuff that's come up that's, um, you know, in some ways changed who you are as artists? Hmm. Do, do you? I mean, if you have something, you, should, you can go. Okay. Yeah. I feel like the thing that has changed for me is definitely like, I feel like a lot of people think that they're not creative. Yeah. And I spent a lot of time being like, oh, I'm, I love all, I love art and I love all aspects of creativity, but I'm not that. And I think the pandemic let a lot of people being like, I'm going to try this because, mm-hmm. which I think is really freeing because I think everyone in the world has creativity that lives in them. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't, you know, you don't have to be famous to be valid in your creativity. Right. So even this year, I feel like I've tried some, some things I've never done before, like making stained glass or getting into photography or other types. And I realized that look, trying to do other types of art has enriched my practice with music because it's the one that feels the most like home to me. It's the one that changed me and saved my life, I think. Mm-hmm. And so then when I like spend a whole day like working on something else and then I like work on a song with Matt or I'm trying to write lyrics, I'm like, oh, this is me. Yeah. Which is really nice. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think to like add to that, like what kind of changed for me, like I'm, I'm, while you were talking to, I was also like reflecting on like, you know, what we had worked on this past year, what we put out and like the start of the process. And I was thinking about like, I remember, you know, right when we got back from the tour, which was March, 2020. So it's like everything shutting down. Remember we came up here mm-hmm. from Philly and we we're like, okay, well, Let's grab all the recording stuff yeah. because who knows? Like we, we don't might know be there for a while, and yeah. you know. But I remember, so we did that, and we, you know, dragged all the stuff back down. And I remember like setting mm-hmm. up our basement in Philly, being like, "Okay, here's a, a space." But then I feel like it also was this weird time too, because it was so initial and like everything was so scattered, and it just felt weird that we were just, I just, we were just like, I don't know, what are we going to do? Like, what do you, mm-hmm. what do you write about now? What do you, mm-hmm. you know, it's like getting over that thing. And then I feel like, <coughs> oh, excuse me, once that kind of like the initial shock 
mm-hmm. kind of like wore off a little bit was when we were able to start like yeah kind of doing stuff and I felt like it was kind of freeing in the sense of like I don't know before this whole thing you you can you do kind of get in these like as a band like these cycles of like okay well we should we should record a record because then if we record the record then you know, X months from now, it'll come out and then we can go on tour for the record. And, you you know, there's like these avenues of of pursuing that where with this is kind of just like, you know, we would record, you know, we've done like several EPs over the past year and we would record them. And then just put them And then, yeah, like be like, all right, well, this is cool. This is done. Let's just, we'll put it online then, you know? Um, And that was like kind of cool because like, the songs are like fresh. And yeah, it's like fresh. It's like something, and we're like do things that like we feel like you know we can kind of just do whatever we want. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and not having to be like, okay, well that's done. Now let's wait six months for it to come out, and I'll in that time I'll end up hating everything on it because you right. guys spent so much time with or it. Or any kind of your like, feelings change. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. You're, you're like you know? not the person you were a year ago. Yeah, and then you have to talk about the songs <laughs> right. that you wrote, and you're like, well, I'm not actually in a better place now. <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> And, but that, I think it's just cool. I think there's something to that, like, kind of, like, the way that since everything got shifted online, that, like, more immediate, like, I know it can be a kind of a bad thing when it comes to online stuff with, like, the instant gratification stuff. Everybody wants everything, like, super fast. But mm-hmm. in terms of, like, the creative stuff, I feel like it's been cool to have this new outlet of, like, which is funny, too, because it also makes you realize that, like, there was nothing... Before this, stopping us from doing this. Besides, like, what we were like, okay, well, you know, we should do this. this The limitations we've, but then, like, yeah, the the kind of like the new things that this has opened up in the sense of like, oh, well. Well, it's required a lot of people to think creatively, even what we were saying, like, earlier, um, talking about like having to be imagining different ways of doing things or being innovative because you need to out of necessity. And then you're like, oh, maybe everyone should work from home or like there's Mm -hmm. a better quality of life or there's an easier way to do this. And that applied to music as well. And also one of the funny things is like music is so often like people love it, but it's not valued in a, in a sense of a lot of other work. Um, But then when the pandemic hit, what do you lean on books? Yeah, music, art. television, yeah. anything that's creative yeah. by people. Right. And and that makes you comforted. So then I think there was a little bit of a resurgence when people realized they couldn't go to shows anymore. Yes. That, that art is like so valuable to our culture. Yeah, yeah. I think it's so interesting because the way you describe the ability to put something out there without any societal expectation. Mm-hmm. And so I think the word that 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 even came up a little bit, you, you sort of whispered it was should. Right, like we should yeah, yeah, yeah. do this, right? You've gotta you've gotta record the song, then you gotta let it hang out there, then you start talking about the tour right. and all of that. Um there've been a couple examples this past year of artists, you know, that have released their own stuff um without really telling anybody. Mm-hmm. Um and even the way that they recorded, you know, I saw a couple of documentaries about certain artists who recorded remotely. Um yeah. it was pretty fascinating. You watch mm-hmm. people set up their closet with cloths and barriers and yep. things to sort of muffle the sound. Technology is in a place now where you can do this. Absolutely, I mean, yeah. The amount of podcasters that have spun up this past year because you can remote record mm-hmm. has been an indicator to me that everybody in some sense has has stepped back and in, in, in our 
kind of solitude and in our stillness, we all realize we have a voice. Mm -hmm. And I agree with you, like the more that's put out there, the better that it's put out there. I'm curious from that standpoint, those examples, you know, we're sitting in this studio, but what's really interesting to me is there's no studio time you're paying for, right? It's your mm -hmm. time, you've created it, mm -hmm. but it feels very different, right? If there, like we were talking about before, Matt, if there was somebody kind of behind the glass yeah, that right. was monitoring and like, you knew okay. like, okay, we've got an hour in here. And you even see this in some examples of, you know, history of people doing recording studios. It's by the, I don't know, minute, hour? Like what is it typically done? I feel like hour. Hour, is okay. a, Or like- A day rate. A day rate is the more- yeah, I mean, I've, it depends on the type of studio, sure. honestly. Um, but I'd say either hour or day. Yeah, you know. Yeah, but um, even that aspect of knowing does make you more stressed. I feel. Yeah, like. uh, yeah, on it's just kind of that's of, that's present, mm -hmm. um, and like, that takes ooh, up I a lot. Uh, like it's if it's five hundred dollars a day and you messed up, you're like, ooh, I just spent. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah. Some some money tuning right. my guitar. Right. right, and sometimes the things as you were saying, you know, Augusta, it's the aspect of like. You know, I love that example of like if you're at a piano or strumming on a guitar and the creative process is a little bit of things just sort of spill out, right? Mm -hmm. Like they're sometimes they're not even words, they're just they're musings or they're mumblings, but that in itself is forming of the song. And that's the purity of it. But then when you come into sometimes when you come to a studio and it and if it feels a little disconnected, then you I imagine, keep me honest here, I imagine you have a hard time sometimes accessing that that purity, that creative source. And when you come to a place like this, that you yourself have your own artwork, your own mm -hmm. footprints and paint, mm -hmm. it's kind of a reminder of like, get back to that inner child and let that inner child come out to the world yeah. without, without recourse. Yes. I would absolutely. say absolutely. I mean, that's like kind of, you know, I think that's, that whole idea has informed a lot of like, why we have this set up this way. Yeah. And, you know, I think like, that's helped because of like, <clears throat> Since you know, have doing recording and also playing in bands, like you kind of get to experience both sides of it a little bit. So like, you know what it feels like to be recording and to be the one that's like you know the vulnerable one that's yeah. you know trying under pressure to do this stuff. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> mm -hmm. And then you also know what to be like is the other person that's like, okay, yeah, it sounds good. You know, like trying to be supportive. So like, I don't know. I feel like we've both been in places that are like. We're we're here. That we're supposed to like we're supposed to be try to be creative right now and try to be vulnerable, but it just something about it feels off, and then you just feel like I I've t I would say this about Matt because I know you won't give yourself a compliment, but I think one of the best qualities that you have as as an engineer producer is like aside from the fact that you know how to use the equipment, and that's hard because I've been trying to learn recording and it's very complicated is the way that you make people feel comfortable. Yeah. Because especially like being a female musician and and because I was I'm still not a strong guitar player or there's like a you know pressure in that way um where Matt can have you've recorded a lot of my friends um who have been made to feel intimidated or not good enough um like they're not they don't have a place place within music. And you bring that energy into a studio and you feel like when you're sharing a song, that's so vulnerable. That's the most vulnerable thing I, I can imagine. It's literally probably like I'm, I still get nervous showing mm. Matt a song, even though we love each other and we 
you've recorded everything I've ever written. Every time I share a song with Matt, I'm nervous. Mm -hmm. So Matt has this ability of making people just feel comfortable Mm -hmm. because also as an engineer, you have to be like, if someone's not giving you enough, if you're like, you've said to me, like, you're capable of pushing your voice more. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, And to be able to say that in a way that it resonates and you're like trying to pull the best out of someone, but without being like, it's not good enough. Like that is such a fine line to walk and you're so good at it. And that's why I think people make beautiful records here yeah. and people feel good when they leave. Cause they're, you want someone to push you, but you don't want them to push you too hard. Right. And that's, uh, you can't learn that in a school, right. you know, that's not textbook that's taught. Yeah. No. Yeah. And that's just intuitive because you know, and I think that comes from you playing music and yeah. being <laughs> the person who has been in situations where you're like, are these people judging me? Yeah. Like, yeah. so have you, have you, have either of you heard, there's a uh, podcast by Linda Perry, Mm. Um, I haven't, I've, I know of it. Yeah. yeah. Um, and she's been on, um, she's been on a, on a couple other ones, but what's really mm. interesting is what you described is that aspect of what she talks about. Mm. You know, people probably know her from Four Non Blondes, mm-hmm. but yeah. her experience of when she was playing and performing to when she was a producer and even her telling those early stories of somebody like uh, um, Pink mm-hmm. or Christina Aguilera, yeah. it's exactly what you're talking about, which is, she had the ability to create a space, and she talks about this, right? She didn't go into some mm-hmm. of the, maybe the corporate studios we might know about. I think mm-hmm. she actually built her own studio. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and it was really interesting to hear her recount, you have to make the person feel safe because you need them to access a part of their soul mm-hmm. that they typically don't show the world. Yeah. Um, and in that case, two, two very powerful female singers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but the other piece I thought which was really interesting was she pushed, she pushed people. Yeah. Says that's 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 not enough, or mm-hmm. there's more to you. Yeah, and I think that's really interesting. So for you, Matt, how do, like it is an intuitive piece for you. How 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 does that kind of play out? Like when you're listening, because you're right, you're listening with an engineer ear, mm-hmm. but you're also listening with an artist ear, mm-hmm. someone who's performed, someone who's composed. So is it is it a split thing? Is it kind of a combined thing? Is it hard to put words to? Um, it's a little hard because it is kind of like. You know, and thank you for saying all that. For you. That was very nice. I don't want to like you know, be like oh well yeah. I'm glad that's recorded by the way. <laughs> um, but it is it is very like you're saying like very intuitive. Like you know, there's moments you just kind of have to pick up on when you know. Oh, is it is you basically have to know is the way to try to get the thing that one the thing that you're hearing in your head that you think this person is capable of. You uh, like. That first, and it's not there yet. So the first thing you decide is, okay, should I just be supportive and be like, it's sounding great, let's keep going, let's keep going, because I think they're going to get there on their own, and you don't want to, but if you try to guide them, then, then it might derail might the whole them process. Off. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's that. And then, you know, sometimes that works out, and I feel like that's, that is, is, is good. It's almost like, you know, you can do all these things, but really the best thing is to just let people do their thing until, yeah. you know. And then the second thing is to like try to be like, okay, I feel like we're not there yet. And I am hearing some stuff that I think like, you know, just trying to bring up like, I think you could try this or like if you're struggling with this part or trying to get this, like, you know, offering suggestions to try. But then I think like the the caveat of that approach is too, is also not being so proud that if someone's like, well, I don't know, I don't think that that's the right way to do it. Then like to be like, okay, 
How'd cool. Then yeah. that's like you are in, you are in the driver's seat here. Yeah. I'm here to help you get to where you're going, but you're you're driving. You know. Yeah. So like, if you don't want to go that route, it's like cool. Let's look up another route then. I think we yeah. can still get there. Mm-hmm. We just have to like you know we're we're figuring it out yeah. right now. You know. So um. So yeah, I mean it's it's funny. I I do, but I do feel like a lot of the time it's more of the first one. It's more of just being the like supportive person in this room that like. Because I, I know from the other side of it too, if you're trying to do something and you have this idea in your head and it's like, you're just, you're, you're trying it over and over and you're not achieving it, it gets really discouraging really fast. Mm-hmm. And if you were trying that and there's some other person in the room with you that's just like, yeah, uh, uh, I don't know, not not great, you know, like then you're going to feel even worse and be yeah. like, oh, maybe I should just give up, you know? Right. But if you have someone else in the room that's like, oh man. I love what you're trying to do. Like, it's so close. I think you can, I, I know you can do it. I know you can get it. Like, um, <laughs> ghost door. <laughs> um, then that's like, sometimes that's all people need. It's right. just like the encouragement to be like, yes, I can do this and this pursuit is worth it. And we're going to get there in the end. And then at the end, we're going to feel so good and accomplished yeah. and we're going to leave and I'm going to feel good about what I did and also the memory of doing it is going to be a positive one as well. Because it's funny, I feel like that also, like, for when you're talking about, like, creating things like this, making music, records, the way, like, the process is such a part of it, too. Yeah. For the artist itself, whereas, like, you know, the listener really is not thinking about the process too much. They're just listening to the music. Right, that's an end but, product. Yeah. yeah, exactly. You know, they don't know exactly how it was made. They don't, you know, whatever. If you could have spent a week or you could have spent six months you know what i mean like but you as the artist you will always kind of remember how you made that record how you know what was the process like Mm -hmm. and i do think too like if you look back i'm like oh yeah this record like oh we did we oh i had i had such a positive experience making this record you're gonna like that more it's gonna stick with you longer through life whereas if you had like not a great time even if like the record's really good you might still look at and be like I hate that record. Mm-hmm. There are artists that won't but, play those, yeah, those, you know, those yeah. albums. And people will love it. People will be like, oh, the music's great. What are you talking about? You're insane. And, you know, they'll be like, yeah. Because you have these, you know, these mental attachments to it yeah. that are just like negative, right. you know? And yeah. then that just affects and, everything. Yeah. And it's kind of like recording a record is so cool in the sense that you're, that you're, um, <laughs> you're like creating a time capsule. Right. And same with anything. Like, recorded audio is so interesting to me because. Like if you're making a, now that I've made a series of records in my life, and if I hear, if I hear one of the older ones, I'm like, ooh, I remember mm-hmm. what oh, that yeah. was like. But it it's it's a moment of time that's frozen forever. Yeah. And then like you know even now that when we revisit records that are from like, the '70s or like older records, you're literally listening to a time capsule, which is so beautiful. Mm-hmm. So you do want to like honor that when you're recording someone, and I think that you know, making a space where people just feel comfortable and safe is like the best way to yeah. do that. And it's cool to just kind of like what you're saying too. It's, it's interesting. Cause like, you know, it's easy to feel like, especially nowadays and kind of like what you were saying about how, you know, the, the process of making music and records has become like so available to everybody, which I think is an amazing thing. I yeah. love it. Even as someone who's like, well, I own a studio. I mean, people won't come here. I don't care. Like, I think it's so great because even like, you know, 
I'm able to have a studio because of that. Yes. Whereas, like, you know, if this was 20 years ago, I probably wouldn't be able to. I would never be able to afford it. The cost of entry would yeah, be Yeah, it's much. insane. Yeah. So, like, the fact that that barrier is removed now, you know, like, is amazing, I think. Um, so what has also meant that I feel like now there's more music than there has ever been in the history of recorded music, you mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. So it's, like, kind of, I feel like sometimes, but it's, it's easy to forget that, like, you are making something... That'll last, you know, forever, forever in, yeah, in yeah. certain ways, you know, like if you want to get technical about it, it's like, oh, well, you know, hard drives can corrupt and right. servers can crash. <laughs> but like, no, but you're making something that's like forever, you know, and like that's kind of the cool thing about, um, I don't know, recording and like, um, you know, working with bands and stuff and like just knowing that like the real benefit that you get from that is you're making something that like even if no one listens to it right that is you know and you're part of and you're and, part of so many people's story now yeah yeah that's like, what i mean being keep, able to get to like be involved and like be you know in something that's so crucial these to these people's lives like especially some of the people you record that don't you know you have friends that are doctors and do the you know mm-hmm. are playing bands and doing stuff like that but like for them this is like the thing that they spent save all their money to do to right. put out their own record and like mm-hmm. and you're a big part of that story and that's so cool. Yeah, I think the the kind of human right, like there's an there's an element to kind of the human existence, human condition if you want to call it. Everybody I think in in them has a desire to have legacy. So to your point around here's something for posterity. Yeah. Yeah. And I also think everybody has innately in them the desire to create. Mm-hmm. And as we were talking about before, it's what are the things that get in the way of that, mm-hmm. right? Um, and it's interesting because you talk about the time capsule. This is where I'd love to pull in a quote from one of your songs um, that I thought was really interesting because I think the song was written over two years ago. It's called 2020. Um, and the quote that I wrote down was, I am angry, I am lonely, but I am optimistic too. Mm-hmm. So I would love for you to reflect on, I mean, you wrote that song before the pandemic, um, <laughs> before 2020. And as we talked about a little bit before we were recording, it's almost like you saw it before it happened. I think I experienced a year of isolation that was more more difficult for me than this year mm. when I had ended my last band and I was feeling very isolated and confused on what to do. Mm. And I think I'm kind of, I'm definitely someone who struggles with depression, but I think I'm ultimately an optimist. Yeah. So I think trying, when we were working on that song, it was like, I, I liked things to be as honest as possible. Yeah. And I think sometimes when you admit that you're like selfish or you're lazy, I think that that to me is very relatable because we all are, but we just pretend that we're not. Yeah. So I like to be honest. I've always like appreciated songwriters that are very honest. Um, and like, yeah, we're not perfect people. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I feel like that re- a lot of that record was written in actual, even though I was surrounded by friends and working and doing all this stuff, was I was experiencing a very dark time of inner isolation. Yeah. Where this year was more of like a blossoming in a lot of ways. Because I was kind of coming out of that, mm-hmm. but it was funny because I was like, "Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I wrote this uh, right before this." Yeah, 
Yeah, like like the 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 thing it reminds me a little bit of is um, I'm a huge fan of Haley Williams, mm-hmm. um, and I remember how much um, the album After Laughter came oh, out. Yeah. The last Paramore album came out. It's and such a good album. It's a great album, and for those mm-hmm. of us that kind of remember that '80s sound, mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's there's so much of that '80s woven in there, but it but because on the surface it sounds very sort of '80s popish punkish. But every every word, if you read it, if you were to sort sad. of, is sad. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and I remember being in a time, you know, listening to that sort of front to back. And there's the power of that too, right? We don't we don't do that as much anymore as we used to listen to albums sort of front mm-hmm. to back all the way through. Um, but I listened to it front to back, and I thought this is such a powerful album because it's literally talking about after laughter. Like we all have that laughter, mm-hmm. that sort of slightly uncomfortable laughter, but it's that moment after, it's that exhale after where all of that sadness, that anxiety, that depression comes back. Mm-hmm. And then obviously the albums she's done since then and her solo mm-hmm. solo career since then. But I think it's exactly the, the, the fascinating thing that the pandemic has touched upon. Mental health is a big one. Mm-hmm. Um, and I personally think that level of... Um, sort of isolation, despair has actually raised the level of creativity in mm-hmm. people yeah. and artists. I mean, are you are you feeling this similar things for I mean, not only just for yourself, but for in the yeah. artist community. I think so too, because I think also like this past year, I think has been also kind of an interesting experiment of like I don't know, maybe we've seen more of this little like microcosm of like the a lot of the people we know who are artists or like, you know, are creative also are you know to make ends meet usually work like you know service, service industry, industry and, and all yeah. the stuff so a lot of these people have now had an entire year of not being so like oh my god i have to you know i'm so i need to work all these hours to like mm-hmm. make rent i need to do all the stuff like it's been like kind of like okay i can now make art and my basic needs are are you know Mm-hmm. I don't have to worry so much about like, you know, hustling so much to make all this money to pay for, you know, I can focus on this. And I think it's been really interesting seeing what that, like I've, you know, I've worked with already bands and have bands coming up that are like, yeah, I mean, we have a whole record now that we want to yeah. do because we had all this time. And like, you yeah. know, it's definitely like, I feel like now that, you know, people are getting vaccinated and all this mm-hmm. stuff, like. I feel like, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, we want to record, we want to record because when people can just like work on art and pursue things that they're passionate about without being so stressed and concerned over like, you know, paying their rent, paying the utility bills, like, you know, all this, all this stuff. Because we usually don't value art until it's successful by the... Whoever decides that art right. is worth the sanctioned powers that be. Yeah, like yeah. You, you know, we all look up to like the David Bowies and the people who are like the top of the top. But there's also a lot of people that contribute in our own lives. Like yeah. I would say, Haley Williams is pretty famous. Yeah, mm-hmm. but she's still probably, you know, she's not as famous as some of these other people. But she's made a huge impact on so many lives. Right. And it's like if we think of work, like how do we define like what our I, I like to think of work as not just am I making money, but am I like feeling like I'm contributing something to the world? Yeah. And is that uplifting other musicians? Is that um, inspiring other people that look like me to make music or mm. like 
Like I, that all falls under the umbrella of work, even though a majority of my money is not made through music mm-hmm. Yeah, and valuing that. And I think this year you're right. Like so many people who, cause if you think about it, you love, if a record blows up and it becomes super successful, but that artist wasn't famous beforehand, that means they were working a regular job and making that record and having to deal with sometimes the shame that is associated with being like, I'm pursuing a creative path right. where people kind of look at you like, what are you doing? You're not like, and it's like, well, we still pay taxes and right. we still pay our bills. Like we are doing it. It might not be traditional, right. um, but then it's valued once it's successful. And, and I think everybody would benefit in the world from immersing themselves in their created mm-hmm. or creativity, whatever that is, mm-hmm. because it does make you a more whole person because mm-hmm. we learned so much that the resource that art has given me is helped me so much in my mental health, yeah. which has then, you know, ripple effect the way I treat people and my yeah. relationships and just enriched my life yeah. where it's a very useful tool in my toolbox. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think just, you know, having people able to like pursue things that they're passionate about and see what, you know, just try, be able to try things out. Like it just enriches everybody's lives. It enriches that person's life. And then it enriches the lives of the people that can then like appreciate whatever they create, you know? And like, I just feel like this past year has maybe like shown a little bit of like, man, there's probably, um, you know, what are we depriving ourselves of in terms of like art? If we're forcing people to like not be able to do that because of like, you know, just any, you know, yeah, financial like the financial barrier like, or yeah, I think that's, that's, that's yeah. like, uh, you know, an interesting side effect of the, you know, while all the like, you know, Republicans are like, no one wants to go back to work. And it's like, no one wants to work your terrible job because right. they're. Well, I saw to, something you know. that was like, it was a little, it was almost a little too much for me, but I do like the idea of someone said like, no, we don't dream of labor. Mm-hmm. Like, and that's not to say that we don't want to work hard and it's not to say that we are not, but like, I want my, my life's work to, to help and innovate yeah. and not just yeah. like, nobody's dreaming of going to, and I waited tables for 10 years and I love the company I worked for, but I'm not dreaming of waiting tables. And yeah. anybody who says that, you might love your job, but you're not loving the work. Right. And we all deserve to love our work. Yeah, I think that like you talk about the dreamscape and even like Matt, you're talking about like the sense of fulfillment, mm-hmm. right? That comes along with it. And and I think what's really interesting that I've seen this past year is there has been a decoupling of fulfillment from systems and structures. Mm-hmm. And it's fascinating to me to think about how people are going to sort of rejoin portions of some of those systems, but not the way we knew them before, yeah, right? Yeah. It, it's a little bit more of, I choose to subscribe to this, but mm-hmm. I choose not to subscribe to that. And then the question becomes, what what part of the system will remain and what part of it will have to change? You two, I think, have some shows coming up mm-hmm. in the fall, right? Yeah. yeah, you're gonna be touring again. Thankfully, hopefully, yeah. and also hopefully too. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, that could all Fingers change, crossed, right? Could, yeah. um, when you think about touring and going back to that, I mean, obviously you've, you've had, um, life off the road for mm-hmm. quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, are you excited about portions of it? Obviously the human connection I think is mm-hmm. is what 
you know, I hear from artists and they say the live performance is by far the most cathartic, yeah. fulfilling part of it. Playing in front of a webcam is not, it's not the same. Yeah, we've the done same. it a few times. It's, have you? Okay. Oh, it's, it's great because it brings you to places and people yeah. that otherwise may not it's be able very, to see. Oh, that's totally. a cool innovation that we yeah. were talking about, like yeah. the rise of, of online shows and yeah. Yeah. being able – we've we've paid for a few of them. I and feel, yeah, people have, awesome. done, have been very creative with them in, mm-hmm. in you know ways that we watch them. Like, oh, man, like that Perfume Genius. Is yeah, one it was, was incredible. Really cool we watched a couple weeks ago like there's um but to the you know playing live shows like i personally i am excited um just because like it's it's definitely something i didn't even maybe you know realize i missed as much as i actually do Mm -hmm. this past year you know i feel like i've always kind of put it um especially since i've been later in life started performing I always was like, wow, I can't believe I'm doing this. Like, mm-hmm. I always honored it. Mm-hmm. But I think now that we were like, will this return? What is the world going to look like? Right. There were times where we were like, we don't know. Mm-hmm. If, like, what if this pandemic lasts, like, eight years and by the time, like, we're older and no one wants to, you know? <laughs> we. But that was, like, an honest thought no, I mean, for totally. a little bit. Yeah. And now I'm like, oh, my gosh, I cannot wait to be in a room with people. Mm-hmm. And I, I can just already, look, I have goosebumps, mm-hmm. like, picture what it's going to feel like to w- walk out on stage because it's always a nerve-wracking experience for sure. me. But also, like, being like, wow, this is, like, my gratefulness will be, like, at peak. And a lot of the shows are sold out, too, so that's, that's going to awesome. be like, yeah. oh, hello, we haven't seen people burn a sold-out room. It's so, going to be overwhelming, I think, a little bit, too, of, like... But I think it's going to... That will make the listeners, the bands, everybody just appreciate this thing that we all share and love yeah. in community with each other, which is so nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think back to the last show I saw before the pandemic, um, and I was very, I again, to, to your point, it's almost like we saw certain things before. And I was very selective with which shows um, I went to go see in sort of the winter of 2020. And the last show I saw was Dermot Kennedy, um, one of my favorite Irish poets and singers. Mm-hmm. And I think it was kind of foretelling because his his show is very sort of stripped down and it's a very resonant experience. Mm-hmm. I mean, he just has this voice that um, sort of booms in a space. And I, I always described it as you kind of feel it in your bone marrow. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's an embodied experience that you can't really um, replicate. Mm-hmm. But when, when the pandemic hit, obviously he too had to change, you know, everybody had to stop their tour. He got cre- pretty creative and he ended up going to, I think the Natural History Museum of London and used that space to sort of oh, be the place really in which cool. he performed <laughs> oh, that's cool. online. Yeah. Um, and it was. It was a beautiful experience in sort of a virtual um, environment. But you could tell for him as an artist, it wasn't just about, okay, let's put up a camera and follow me around. There was an acoustic experience that he needed. Mm-hmm. He knew there weren't going to be people there in front of him, yeah. but he needed the resonance back. And I think what's going to be really interesting going forward is I think people are going to be very creative about the spaces Mm -hmm. and places where music is performed Mm -hmm. and, frankly, where that resonance happens. Because as you described, when you're on stage that first time, you've got goosebumps thinking about it right now, Mm -hmm. so do I. I think the the minute you're performing, you're standing on stage, it's going to be really powerful for you and the audience Mm -hmm. because they're going to stop in that moment and say, this is the first time I've been back at a live show. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I'm and I'm and I'm literally having an experience with not only the people I'm with, but with the performers as well. Yeah. And 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 to your point around time capsule, it's gonna like cement a memory. Oh yeah. That everybody's gonna remember where they were. Yeah. That first yeah. show back, right? Yeah, definitely. 
Definitely. Yeah. Kind of even like you're talking about, the, we all remember the last show. Before, yes. You know, right. like. Yeah, yeah, where we were. In Chicago, uh, right? Yeah. You guys were yeah. the last show in Chicago and then drove back. I, yeah. And I knew before I got on stage because we had just heard about like the um, basketball being canceled. Or yes. Something. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah, and yeah, like yeah. a. Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks. And I yeah. knew going on stage, I was like, this is going to be my last show for a while. I remember thinking that and being wow. like, this is going to be weird. This is it. Because mm-hmm. we were like, all right, we're out here. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I can't wait for the return of it. It's going to be so exciting. And we're playing a space in Philly that we both love. And yeah. it's a venue that is really special to both of us. And we were even talking. I was like, I can't wait to like look at you before we go on stage. And yes. be like, we're, I don't know. You know I'm corny, but I, I'm genuinely excited about that feeling of being yeah. like, we are still doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and even if you think about like the Tom Hanks and Rita Wilson story, you know, that aspect of when when they were infected, you know, with COVID-19, one of the first things they did was make a playlist. Mm-hmm. And they put mm-hmm. it out oh, into the world. Really? Yeah, I didn't did you know that? Yeah, so they were obviously in Australia, right? Yeah. They were shooting for that yeah. film. And one of the things, the first things they did was pull together a playlist on Spotify and put it out in the world, not from the standpoint of like, hey, it's important you know what's on this playlist, but because music has that power. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And one of the mm-hmm. first things they did was like pull up a playlist for each of them because so much was unknown and it was in the ambiguity and like yeah. we're not sure. And they kind of were like, we need to turn to something that's going to get us through this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they made a playlist. That's awesome. And I was like, okay, I power listen to music. It. <laughs> you can go back and listen to it. I mean, yeah. to go back and listen to it would be fascinating yeah. because like, wow, what was going through their mind at the yeah. time? And I think my colleagues and I did the same thing that first week in March when all the work stopped. Mm-hmm. I was like, what are you going to do? And I was like, Quarantines, like yeah. let's make mm-hmm. this playlist. And even this week, I was um, I returned after, gosh, you know, since March 2020 to the first work event. There were about 12 people. We went out on a boat on Lake Union in, in Seattle, and it was the first time I'd seen these people. There were some people that had been hired that I had never met. Oh wow! People yeah. who had had babies in the time that yeah, I'd never so met. much has changed. So much has changed, and they were like, "Bill, you got to be the DJ for the boat." And I was like, "Wait, mm-hmm. pressure? What? I got to be the <laughs> DJ for the boat?" And they're like, yeah, Bill, your music is awesome. And I was like, mm-hmm. well, I mean, DJ? Like, and he said, yeah, just put on something. And I went back and I found the old quarantines. Oh, nice. And mm. it was interesting because what I put together in March of 2020 was very much about like there had to be every song that was on there had to have an element of something that was going to sort of stoke the emotion, but but also remind people we're going to be okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I just put it on <clears throat> after the boat. Every people came up and they're like, that was an that was an amazing like mix of music and mm-hmm. some of the stuff was really upbeat, some of it was very really mellow, it was like perfectly timed. And I was like, I don't even remember how I put it together. I just grabbed <laughs> stuff. Um, and then I sent it out to them afterwards and I said, nice. here you go. I would like but you to send that to me as I well. will definitely, I think <laughs> you would enjoy it. Um, but yeah, I mean, as we as we kind of like wrap up here, um, there, I would love to kind of like end on um, the other song that the two of you performed and wrote together. I don't know if you wrote it to get Cosmic Joke. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, you wrote the lyrics, but. You did mostly everything else. Yeah. Um, I love it. The line, there was an echo when the city spoke. Uh, it said, life is a cosmic joke. <laughs> um, and that line really stood out to me because it reminds me of kind of that echo that happened in the cities. Mm-hmm. They were cavernous for the first yeah. time. Um, and so as you think back to that, writing that song, and listening to it and probably performing it, right? You're gonna be performing it this fall, I imagine. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe. We'll we have yeah. so many new songs though. It might I be know. it might be gone forever. <laughs>
kind of what comes to mind leave it when in you think of yeah, maybe you leave it in yeah. 2020. Who knows? Well, but. it is funny to think that we wrote that song before the pandemic. But yeah. it, I, the reason I wrote that was because I woke up one morning really, really early in South Philly when we lived in that apartment. Mm-hmm. And I didn't see anybody when I was walking down the street. And you always see someone. And, I, and then I, when I got back to the apartment later, I was like, man, it would be so strange to just one day wake up and there's no one around. Yeah. And... uh yeah, then, then then the pandemic happened. Turns out it is strange. <laughs> but yeah, like what would a city look like and what would a city feel like if there were no people or yeah. and, like the bars were empty and like, um, and then I guess we all found out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Remember that movie 28 Days Later? Oh, yeah. You ever yeah. see that? Yeah. Oh, that, yeah. That felt very 28 Days <laughs> yeah. Later to yeah. me. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's how we felt going to the grocery store. Yeah. Not, you know, not to get too pinned, but like going and be like, oh my God, the grocery store is empty. There was no food. <laughs> like, yeah. 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 It's real. But. Um. Well, yeah, I really appreciate you guys letting me record oh, here. Of course. No. Oh, this is so fun. Thanks what a great us. way yeah. to like hang out with yeah. someone yeah. after a year. No. Like you're right. like, we're going to podcast. I was like, I'm, this is right up my alley. Yes, yeah. I'm ready. He loves podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I no, do they, too, but. They've been, they've been, um, it's been great. And I will say that, yes, I have dreams about, you know, songwriting and singing and all those things. And I don't, I don't, I never say never to those things, but I will say that this podcast has been like this wonderful creative outlet mm-hmm. for me. And so I really appreciate you letting me bring it here to this course, space, yeah. which is so special. I'm honored yeah. because you are good at it. Too. You Thank are very you. good. You, you are. are. I really, and, and again, to your point, Matt, around the self-taught, like mm-hmm. all of this has been sort of self-taught, yeah. Yeah. Um, which is why I really love the the notion of learning even more, right? Mm-hmm. The engineering, and I'm probably offline, I'm probably going to pick your brain about that whole <laughs> yeah, thing because yeah. levels and things like that, sure, right? Sure. Like it's all a garage band and me yeah. and Mike yeah. and figuring but, it out myself. You know, like I was saying before, that's really that's all you need it's the you way you do I mean? it yeah, yeah. It's, it's all you need and it sounds great yeah. so that's There's a testament no... to thank you the fact that you could have garage band or a huge thing and, and exactly. it doesn't really make a big difference exactly. no offense matt i hate <laughs> but it's also I'm not, I'm not offended at all it's I, also the accessibility which i love to mm-hmm. your point around anybody right garage band comes standard mm-hmm. right yeah. with a mac right <laughs> yeah and you can um, get it on your phone now too yeah. if you want it right and, so like creators out there listening yeah. like do your thing yeah like we will echo it like mm-hmm. I'll echo it, you'll play totally. it, you'll mix yeah. it. <laughs> right. Like, exactly. It. And for those that might be listening and kind of in the in the area or maybe want to do some recording, can you tell them a little bit about kind of where they can find out about you and maybe the studio yeah, and do. kind of reach out going forward? I do have a website um, at atthebunk.com. Okay. All spelled out nice. one word. Um, but yeah. Um, and then usually, you know, reach out. We'll yeah. we'll chat a little bit. I usually like to, you know, Talk about what they have in mind. Yeah. You know, I'm, I definitely like to. It's not so much just like a you know okay in the door out the door kind of right. recording studio. It's definitely like we're gonna be working on projects together and stuff. So yeah, hear about their vision, um, what they yeah, kind of have in yeah, mind. Exactly. And, so yeah. curate but, that. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. And I know, Augusta, we might be doing a little bit of work together with some of the written meditations I have. I know. I'm very excited. I was saying might... that I should make some soundscapes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 It's yeah, my new in. It's my new weird hobby that I'm into, and yeah. I love it. That would awesome. be awesome. And I feel like you could do it, too. Because if I could, I could do it, you could do it. Right. Well, we were talking about binaural beats yeah. and lo-fi oh, yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah. And those are things I that I... I show you the keyboards I have, because I think yeah. you would like it. Yeah. Yeah. That's, and that's, that's the thing, too. I never thought I could make anything like that. And I will say I'm not good at making it yet, but anybody could do it, mm-hmm. which means yeah. any, like it, the, 
access to be able to make it is yeah, way easier amazing. than you think. And yeah. it and it literally like it's healing. Mm-hmm. I mean the 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 stuff that people have created, you know, b- based on those sort of different beats or whatever. Mm-hmm. Maybe they were just tooling around with it, but there are people that are listening to it where it's literally helping their brain chemistry. It's yeah. helping them feel comfortable in their body. It's bringing down their blood pressure, all yeah. those things. And I with your soothing voice on top with some meditation, we're <laughs> good. Then we are good. I'm looking forward to it. So thank, <laughs> thank you both for this opportunity. It's a real honor. It's so good to catch up with you. Yeah, too. this has been great. been great, really. Yeah, thank, thank you. you. Awesome.